0: for your morning all the news you need to know it's the wabc early news on 77 wabc
1: welcome to the 77 wabc early news i'm temper valentine with your news sports business traffic and weather and here's everything you need to know
0: the top five at five because I don't want to see him indicted mm-hmm. as a former president.
1: Former AG under Donald Trump, Bill Barr there, predicting the federal government is close to indicting former President Trump, all related to the FBI's raid at Mar-a-Lago. In a Twitter rant, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton denies ever having classified emails on our private server, despite FBI findings otherwise. A teen released from jail six months ago under arrest in a deadly rampage, live-streamed on Facebook. In Memphis, Tennessee, four dead, three hurt. Muters can breathe easier. The MTA's mask mandate is lifted. A warning from United Refining and 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis that Europe's energy crisis will impact the U.S. as OPEC pulls back on oil production. Bill Barr, attorney general during the Trump administration, said Wednesday the U.S. Justice Department appears to be getting very close to indicting former President Donald Trump. According to the FBI search warrant, Trump is under investigation for removal or destruction of records, obstruction of an investigation and violating the Espionage Act, all related to that August 8th FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. Barr on Fox News said that government investigators must consider if they have a technical case against Trump.
0: But I think at the end of the day, there's another question is, do you indict a former president? What will that do to the country? What kind of precedent will that set? Mm -hmm. Will the people really understand that this is not you know, failing to return a library book, that this was serious? And so you have to worry about those things. And I hope that those kinds of factors will incline the administration not to indict him, because I don't want to see him indicted Mm -hmm. as a former president.
1: He added that the DOJ must also weigh what potential fallout of indicting a former president would have. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton faced backlash on Tuesday for claiming investigations proved she had zero classified emails on her private server. On Twitter, Clinton, in a lengthy thread, called out comparisons that have been made between her email scandal and the FBI investigation into former President Trump. Twitter users attacked Clinton's threads for ignoring a 2018 DOJ report revealing 81 email chains containing approximately 193 individual emails that were classified from the confidential to top secret levels at the time. Jesse Jane Duff, ambassador for the America First Policy Institute on Newsmax. She needs a Democrat who is friendly to her to get back in the White House just the way Joe Biden has been because he has provided cover for all of those activities that we know now to be illegal and horrible against the former president. So she just has to reshape the narrative, just like Ford has said, that she did nothing wrong and Trump is the bad guy when she is deflecting. Her own behavior. Former FBI director James Comey previously admitted Clinton possessed classified materials but declined to recommend prosecution. Get out. I, on camera.
2: I pull up and do this I don't do What the say? No faking. No faking.
1: Police in Memphis, Tennessee have arrested a 19-year-old repeat offender suspected of shooting and killing four people, and injuring at least three others during a rampage Wednesday afternoon. It was live-streamed on Facebook. Eight separate crime scenes were under investigation. The suspect, Ezekiel Kelly, who you heard there, also suspected of two armed carjackings as he attempted to flee from police. Police said multiple felony charges are pending against Kelly, who has a previous criminal history. Mayor Jim Strickland revealed during a press conference that Kelly was charged with attempted first-degree murder, but pled guilty to a downgraded, aggravated assault charge back in April of 2021. He was sentenced to three years in prison, but was released in March 2022 after serving just 11 months of his sentence. Also, in Las Vegas, Nevada, a SWAT team took into custody Clark County Public Administrator Robert Tellis, following a standoff during which he suffered self-inflicted stab wounds. us is suspected in the stabbing death of Las Vegas Review-Journal reporter Jeff German. The 45-year-old Democrat lost his re-election bid in June's primary election after German's stories on the turmoil in TELUS' office were published, according to the Review-Journal. The mask mandate within New York City's mass transit system has come to a screeching halt, ending a years-long mandate most computers of late ignored with little enforcement. Here's New York Governor Kathy Hochul with the announcement. We'll be talking about a new normal starting today. Department of Health will be issuing new guidance regarding masks based on the CDC guidance. And starting today, masks will be optional. It takes effect immediately. Amid Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine, Goldman Sachs has predicted that European household electric bills could soar by $2 trillion next year due to oil shortages. 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis warning the energy crisis in Europe is headed to U.S. soil. Katsimatidis' warning on Mornings Maria comes one day after OPEC and its allies, known as OPEC+, Plus, Announced the cutting of global oil supplies and the halting of September's daily increase of 100,000 barrels of oil production a day. Our
0: way of life is under attack, and it's horrible what's going on. The electric car problem is a joke. It cannot happen by 2030, 2035. It should be optional. Not say yeah, it has to happen by 2030, 2035.
1: Katsimatidis noted that U.S. markets have already started to experience the energy crisis impact because of Democrat-backed policies. A federal judge in Louisiana has ruled the Biden administration must turn over emails that Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, Chief Medical Advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and other top officials sent to social media companies. Now, these emails were in response to a lawsuit claiming the White House colluded with big tech to censor viewpoints it disagreed with as misinformation. U.S. District Judge Terry Doherty's order Tuesday was the latest development in a lawsuit filed in May by Attorneys General Eric Schmidt of Missouri and Jeff Landry of Louisiana. They charged the executive branch was in cahoots with social media giants like Facebook and Twitter to censor freedom of speech on a number of topics, including the COVID-19 pandemic and elections. Journalist John Solomon was on Cats at Night, hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis. This is a major win for the state, and it will be a very interesting and important uh, moment
0: for Anthony Fauci, because for the first time, he's going to have to answer under oath what steps he
1: took to try to censor viewpoints, some which now have proven to be true. Schmidt and Landry, both Republicans, have been involved in weeks of back and forth with the White House over which documents to release and whether executive privilege protects the communications from being made public. Jean Pierre at Wednesday's White House news briefing insisted the administration was acting in the public's best interests. All the names of hundreds of U.S. law enforcement officers, elected officials and military members appear on the leaked membership rolls of far-right extremist group The Oath Keepers. The Oath Keepers are accused of playing a key role in that January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol, according to a report released Wednesday. The Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism poured over some 38,000 names on leaked Oath Keepers membership lists, and they identified more than 370 people it believes currently work in law enforcement agencies, including as police chiefs and sheriffs, and more than a 100 people who are currently members of the military. It also identified more than 80 people who were running for or served in public office as of early August. The membership information was compiled into a database published by the Transparency Collective distributed denial of secrets. Jason Van Tattenhove, a former spokesperson of the Oath Keepers, testified before the House Select Committee back in July.
2: So I I spent a few years with the Oath Keepers, and I can tell you that they may
0: not like to call themselves a militia, but they are. They're a violent militia.
1: The data raises fresh concerns about the presence of extremists in law enforcement and the military who are tasked with enforcing laws and protecting the U.S. The convicted felon charged with murdering jogger Eliza Fletcher after stalking and violently forcing her into an SUV allegedly could face the death penalty. Cleotha Abston Henderson, 38 years old, accused of killing this 34-year-old kindergarten teacher and mother of two. Former FBI agent John Iannarelli was on the Joe Piscopo show on 970 The Answer.
2: You know, if there's any good thing that it comes out of this, it shows that how difficult it is to get away with a crime. Uh, I don't know if criminals will take the heed to that and not commit crimes in the future. Of course, they're going to. But the fact of the matter is there was video surveillance from video cameras. Hard to go anywhere these days without being captured on video.
1: Henderson is charged with first-degree murder, among other charges. Tennessee has the death penalty, and prosecutors say that they are not ruling out the death penalty if he is convicted. Well, California threatened with rolling blackouts as temperatures hit at least 100 degrees and utilities struggled to meet record-breaking demand. Utilities warned some 39 million residents to conserve. As temperatures soared past 100 degrees, the California Independent System operator issued a stage three emergency power alert, allowing them to draw on emergency power sources. Here's California Governor Gavin Newsom. Californians, you've
0: stepped up to help in a big way to keep the lights on so far, but we're heading we're heading to the worst part of this heat wave, and the risk for outages is real, and it's immediate. These triple-digit temperatures throughout much of our state are, are leading, not surprisingly, to record demand on the energy grid.
1: Some question with the advent of an increasing number of electric vehicles. What happens during outages with those vehicles? The U.S. National Security Council on Wednesday called for Iran to be held accountable for an unprecedented cyber attack. It said the country committed against Albania in July. NSC spokesperson Adrian Watson said in a release that the U.S. states condemns Iran's actions and plans to hold Iran accountable for threatening the security of an ally and setting a troubling precedent. Avi Pazner, former Israeli ambassador to France and Italy, was on I-24 News.
2: I think we should commend Albania and that Albania should serve as an example from other countries who suffer the same kind of attack like they did.
1: A cyber attack on July 15th temporarily shut down multiple Albanian government digital services and websites, Prime Minister Edi Rama said in a statement addressed to the Albanian people on Wednesday that an investigation confirmed without a shadow of a doubt that the attack was not conducted by individuals or independent criminal organizations, but a state-sponsored group. Well, the U.N. nuclear watchdog agency, the IAEA, warned Tuesday that the world was playing with fire and called for all military forces to withdraw immediately from the Russian-occupied Zaporizhzhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine. The IAEA said a demilitarized zone should be established in and around that compound in Ukraine. 77 WABC Time Check, 5.15. Hello, who's back with sports? None other
2: than Justin Ellick. Welcome back. Well, thank you for the warm welcome, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. It was a good day out on the Diamond yesterday for our local ball clubs, as we'll start with the Yankees, who indulged in a doubleheader yesterday with the Minnesota Twins at the stadium. Game one saw the Yanks go down early with Domingo Herman on the bump. As the Twins put up a pair right away in the first frame, they'd build that lead to three before Herman would settle into a groove, and the Bomber Bats would wake up. As is tradition, it was big number 99 who started the comeback in the bottom half of the fourth, sending his 55th round tripper of the year into orbit to cut the deficit to two.
0: High drive, left field, going back, K, turning, walking, seven Number 55, double nickels. Yankees are on the board. It's 3-1 Twins.
2: That call, courtesy of the Yes Network. These two, uh, these two would need extra time to settle the score. But it was the baby bomber while Cabrera, who came up big for New York, knocking an RBI single left in the 12th frame to give the Yankees a 5 to 4 win. Game two was a more convincing final score, with the Yankees again falling down early with Ace Garrett Cole on the hill, but quickly fighting back to secure a 7 to 1 victory and the sweep of the doubleheader. This time it was Isaiah Kindervalefa of playing hero, sending a grand slam into left into the, into the left field seats into the in the fourth frame to put the Yankees up 4 to 1. At the time they'd cruise the rest. Of the way, and we'll go for the sweep, uh, series sweep tonight at 7.05 p.m. with Nestor Cortez set to take the hill against former Yankee Sonny Gray. As for the Mets, they grabbed a big win yesterday as well, announced at a half game over the Braves for the first place in the NL East. Tyler Naquin and Eduardo Escobar hit back-to-back homers in the fourth, and the Mets ran a rough shot on the lowly Pirates en route to a 5-1 win. Chris Bassett was nails for New York, racking up 10 strikeouts in seven innings of flawless work. The win stops the Mets losing skid at three games, and they'll try and keep it going in Miami against the Marlins starting tomorrow night. And are you ready for some football? The 2022 NFL season is set to kick off tonight in California, as the Buffalo Bills and the LA Rams will open up the festivities tonight at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. As for local gridiron uh, football, Ravens at Jets Sunday at 1 p.m., and the Giants are in Tennessee at the Titans Sunday at uh, 4.25. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram instagram and twitter here with the early news sports update i'm justin elegance some uh, 77 wabc all
1: right thanks justin time for your financial report with lou dobbs
0: this is the 77 wabc lou dobbs financial report i'm lou dobbs stocks moving higher as rate hike worries ease airliners flying high but for how long twitter's birdwatch community growing those stories next Stocks bounding, a midday rally. All three major indexes higher in yesterday's session. Two days left in this short trading week. Wall Street looking to avoid a fourth straight weekly loss. Two of the biggest airlines are downplaying travel demand concerns. American and United Airlines officials say there's been no slowdown in post-summer bookings. Carriers are coming off the best weekend since the pandemic. Nearly 9 million passengers visiting airports over the long holiday. Twitter expanding its so-called community fact-checking. Effort, Birdwatch as its call, launched last year. Snap Inc. is looking to build Snapchat's user base by 30% next year. The company expecting revenue to rise 20% after launching its new paid subscription service. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs
1: Financial Report.
0: Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
1: Futures mix this morning. The Dow down seven points at thirty one thousand five hundred seventy. S and P down one and a half points. The Nasdaq down just a quarter of a point. Gold up two dollars sixty cents. And crude oil down thirty four cents a barrel at eighty one dollars sixty cents.
0: The WABC Early News.
1: Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Coming up at 5.50, you don't want to miss it. I speak with former New York Governor George Pataki. Governor Pataki, of course, governor of New York on nine eleven as we approach the 21st anniversary on Sunday. So our chat with Governor Pataki coming up at 5.50. Well, speaking of governors, continuing with New York, Governor Hochul's updated mask guidance. 77 WABC's Bob Brown got some reaction from New Yorkers in the New York City subway system. Some
0: hangers say they'll continue to practice safety first. Still, others are happy they don't have to wear a mask.
2: I'm wearing my mask. Well, tell me why you're still wearing it. Safety. Safety.
0: Safety. In other words, you think it's just common sense to keep wearing the mask?
2: Yeah. I mean... Makes sense to me. I feel great about it. I haven't been wearing a mask for like the last couple
0: of months. Or At the Union Square Station, I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WBC
2: Early News. Anything to say, Michael? Please say something in your defense. Have you done it before? Why did you actually kill
1: that kid? a fuck. Anything to say, Michael? Well, jury selection began Wednesday in the trial of ex-NYPD officer Michael Valva, the father accused in the murder of his eight-year-old son, Thomas Valva, who froze to death in the family's center, Mauritius Garage, in 2020. He and his uh, then-fiancé, Angela Polina, are being tried together. Once Valva's jury selection is complete, jury selection will begin for Polina Two separate juries will be chosen for the trial, according to Suffolk County Supreme Court Justice William Condon, who will preside. He made that ruling in September 2021, when the trial was initially postponed. In August of 2021, Condon also ruled that a jury will be allowed to watch surveillance videos of the home where Thomas froze in that garage. Valva and Polina were arrested January 17, 2020, and charged with second-degree murder and four counts of endangering the welfare of a child, If convicted, they face 25 years to life in prison. Both remain jailed without bail. Prison Staten Island Thief has been targeting women with high-end handbags at supermarkets and shops in at least four incidents since late July. Now, these first two heists were at the Staten Island Highland Plaza and the most recent two incidents on August 17th and August 19th were at the Staten Island Mall on Richmond Hill Road and the stop-and-shop supermarket on Highland Boulevard. The thief has stolen thousands of dollars in cash and credit cards, plus a coach and a Michael Kors high-end bags from two women. The NYPD has released surveillance footage from the fourth case in this crime pattern in an effort to bring this suspect into custody. Anybody with information has to call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-577-TIPS, and we will be posting that video up on our website, wabcradio.com. Subway riders fled a subway train on the Upper West Side on Tuesday morning after a man groped a woman and also threatened to touch and stab anybody he wants to, according to the NYPD. Police released a surveillance image Wednesday of this suspect. The 24-year-old victim was on a southbound B train nearing the 81st Street stop, the Museum of Natural History station about 6.30 in the morning when this suspect allegedly told her he could touch anybody he wants. He also said he would stab people in the eyes, according to police. The woman and other riders fled the train at the 72nd Street station while the suspect remained on that subway car. Anybody with information has to call Crime Stoppers in this as well. 1-800-577-TIPS. Well, New York City's public school students head back to the classroom today in what is expected to be a return to normalcy post-pandemic. City officials are focused on security as they return One option under consideration is locking front doors of schools following an assessment of school security over the summer. Superintendent of schools, David Banks, says there are challenges, though, to that option.
0: It's unfortunate that we have to be in a place where even early childhood providers, those who are working with our babies, have to receive a level of training to be prepared for the potential of an active shooter in the
1: facility. But that is the reality that we are facing. Locking front doors would require a camera system so that safety agents could see who was at the door and buzz them in. A big infrastructure upgrade for many schools and most doors other than the front entrances and the city's public schools are already locked and alarmed. And another concern is weapons being brought into city public schools. Gun detectors are less invasive than metal detectors and still not ready for schools. One drawback is that the machines are not able to detect other weapons like knives or brass knuckles, frequently being brought by students for protection. A 15-year-old student at Brooklyn Laboratory High School is dead after being shot at a Brooklyn park Wednesday afternoon on a half day of school. The shooting at McLaughlin Park at the intersection of Tillery and J Streets and police say the victim got into some kind of a dispute inside that park that led to the fatal shooting. Danica Cooper lives nearby the park, and she told ABC7. It's heartbreaking. It really is. It shouldn't. How? Over here and why? There's no trouble over here. And police say witnesses told them that the victim was sitting on a bench with two other high school-aged females. When two males approached, words were exchanged, and a fist fight ensued leading to that fatal incident. So far, police have not yet announced any charges. Her name has been floated as a possible presidential hopeful, but Bronx Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says it is unlikely she would ever be elected president of the United States. AOC said that's because so many people in America hate women and would never let that happen. The socialist firebrand made the comments in a recent interview with GQ magazine that was published on Wednesday. Ocasio-Cortez also said that while she tries to hold on to the belief that anything is possible, her experience in Congress has given her a front row seat to how deeply and unconsciously, as well as consciously, so many people in the country hate women, she said. "The first-time nominee is leading this year's Country Music Awards. 77 WABC's Jacqueline Carl has more. If you- First-time nominee, Lainey Wilson, is leading this year's Country Music Association Awards. Wilson is up for six awards this year, including Album of the Year, Female Vocalist of the Year, and Song of the Year for her number one hit, Things a Man Ought to Know. Wilson's only the fourth singer in CMA history to get six nominations her first time out, following Glenn Campbell, Brad Paisley, and Casey Musgraves. The 56th annual CMA Awards will air live November 9th from Nashville. For 77 WABC Early. News. I'm Jacqueline Carl. And our interview with former New York Governor George Pataki coming up at 5.50 as we approach the 21st anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks. And if you missed the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com.
0: It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. AuthorityGoldGuide.com